Recently, I volunteered to be part of a committee of Rabbanim from Kashrus agencies, and we are called the Party Planner Committee. This, is, uh, this has representation from the United States and Canada, and our goal is to think of ways to educate the community, educate people, that the same way they would not eat in a restaurant without proper hashgacha, that they should not assume a simcha in shul, a backyard event, is also uh, 100% kosher. And part of the challenge is that people ask, why would there be a problem of eating at so-and-so's bar mitzvah, even though it's catered by a caterer that does not have hashgacha, there's a party planner there that brought her own food, and she does not have hashgacha. What's the big deal? Everyone is Shemir Shabbos. Everyone is from, they keep kashra, so the same way I would eat in their home. Why? What would be wrong? Why can't I not eat at the event that they're catering, at the event that they're setting up and coordinating the food? And that's an excellent question. And there are three different ways how to, how to, how to understand why, why there is some concern. Number one, in halacha, there is a difference between someone who is not getting paid, and as far as their nemanis, versus someone who is getting paid. Someone who's, who's getting paid, the place can discuss a shaykhet who is taking, he only got, uh, his, his payment was from the kosher ones, not the treif ones. There is a discussion. L'chayra, it, 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 it diminishes his trust from the fact that he's getting paid. So that's issue number one, which is a whole debate in halacha. Issue number two, would it be often in commercial settings when a person is running a business you have a lot more pressure than in, in your own home in your own home the challenge didn't work out so no no you tell everyone the challenge wasn't you know didn't work out but let's say you're getting you're, someone's spending two hundred dollars a plate on uh, on the event and the food didn't show up on time things come in on Shabbos something that was supposed to be warmed up before Shabbos didn't end up in the oven you know when Shabbos came in so there's a lot more of a Yetzirah to cut corners or to overlook certain things because there's the uh, there's the pressure. So that would be a, a concern number two. And concern number three, and this is the focus of, of uh, the first two minutes of today's year, is that sometimes the halacha, you know, most people know the halachas that they have to do in their home, but sometimes the halacha changes or there's a different application of the halacha in a, bigger, in a bigger setting, in a broader setting. And the primary example would be the halacha of hafrashas chala. And, and I give this example because this has been told to me numerous times from party planners, from business owners, that they didn't realize that cookies and cake also need hafrashas chala. And you ask them, what, what does that mean? And they say, well, I grew up in my home that my mother only did hafrashas chala on challah, on bread, when she baked bread, when she baked challah for Shabbos, so then she did afrashas challah. When she made cookies, when she made muffins, she never did afrashas challah. So that was my Messiah, and therefore, Rabbi, I never heard of anyone doing afrashas challah on cookies or cake. Now, in halacha, it's a fair halacha, that if something is baked and it's a dough, you have to do afrashas challah. So where are they coming from that you don't need afrashas challah on cookies or cake? Why didn't their mother do afrashas challah? So very simple. The recipe for cookies or cake that was made in a home called for, you know, two, three cups of flour, nothing uh, significant, and it's less than the required shear for afrashas challah. So of course, their mother did not do afrashas challah. However, if a person's making cookies for Shabbat Shevrach, you're making hundreds of cookies, you're going to be using a significant amount of flour. You would definitely be chayav and challah. So this is one place where I've seen, one point of uh, halacha where I've seen that you're, you're uh, sometimes 
a party planner who does not have proper hashacha would overlook this, and you hope with a responsible hashacha, the mashkiach, the rafa machshir, would be on top of anything that's baked, having a hafarshas chala chart, making sure anything baked indeed does have hafarshas chala. So, with that being said, that long introduction, what is the minimum shear? What is the the proper? What is the minimum shear amount of flour that requires hafarshas chala? So, the pasuk says. By in the parish of Chal, it says, Arisa In the beginning, the first of your Arisa, the first of your dough, you give to the Kayin. We burn it. We do not give it to the Kayin. But the first part of your dough. What is a dough? Arisa. So the Gemara learns out from the parsha of the Mun that a dough is the same size that everyone got as their allotment of the day, which was Asiris Ha'efa. And Asiris Ha'efa of Mun fell every single day per person. So that was enough to, to feed you, to sustain you for the entire day. And that is the, the definition of an Arisa and Asiris Ha'efa. In the mathematics, what is Asiris Ha'efa? So the Gemara says 43.2 eggs. Now how do you remember this volume? So Chala is Gemara 43, Ches is 8, Lamed is 30, and He is 5. That gives you 43. How do you remember the point 2? So the last letter of Chala is He, so a fifth. 43 and a fifth eggs. That is the shear of the, the flour, that amount of flour in volume. That is the shear of Chala, meaning the shear of the dough. That's Chayev and Chala. So how do we measure it? in our times. So most Rishonim understand when it comes to the Shi'uri Chazal, the way Chazal give measurements, they wanted to give us things that we would be able to identify wherever we live. So for Halacha, we assume you take your typical egg in America, let's say we live in America, your typical egg, and that would be the volume of a beitzah of Chazal. So what is a typical egg? So the typical egg, most places say, would be your large egg found in your supermarket. That is considered a typical egg. And the volume of that is about two fluid ounces. And you do the math. So if I have a two fluid ounce egg, so now 43.2 times two fluid ounces, that means my the shear, the amount of flour that would be chayv and chal is 86.4 ounces, which if you do the math is 10.8 cups. So we have a very clear... It's a very small shear, actually, that if I do the math, 43 and a fifth eggs, if an egg is two fluid ounces in volume, so 86.4 fluid ounces is the, the amount of uh, flour that needs hafrashas chala, and mathematically it comes out to 10.8 cups. That is probably the opinion of Rav Moshe Feinstein in the different Haggadah, so the place where you'll see uh, the different shiurim quoted is typically when it comes to the Seder. Usually the Haggadah, Shalpesa, talks about what is a Revius for Kiddush. Revius, by the way, is Beitza Vechetzi, 1.5 eggs. So according to us, three fluid ounces would be a Revius because a Beitza is one fluid ounce. So then three fluid ounces would be a Revius. We talk about Matzah, Mara. So that's where you find it. So Rav Moshe is quoted saying different things. Either it's 2.9 fluid ounces of Revius, which is right around two fluid ounces per egg, or a little more, 3.3 fluid ounces of Revius. So you, according to that, you get around 11.88 cups. So it's a little more, another cup for the minimum shear of HaFresh Chala. So if we stop right here, we have a very simple mathematics. Figure out what the volume of an egg is. Do 43.2 eggs, that is the amount of flour that requires a fresh chala. You want to work with cups, you want to work with pints, you want to work with cc, however you want to measure volume. Again, halacha goes with volume here. 
so you measure the volume and you figure out I have the shear of hollow. However, not so fast. There's a this is one makar, one source of how to measure challah, 43.2 eggs. However, there's another makar, the Gemara M'sachim, when it talks about measuring a mikvah, the Gemara M'sachim gives a different formula. It goes by the size of a person's thumb, two thumb widths by two, by two by seven, and that is the shear of of measuring uh, a uh, the, the shear of challah, that would be measuring the shear of a mikvah, measuring the shear of a vias, and using a formula of thumb widths. So, let's assume that it's the same exact shear. That in the Gemara's times, it was the same exact uh, amount. How to figure out the shear of challah, the shear of a mikvah, the shear of a revius. Either you're going with your thumbs, or you're going with the standard egg. It was, it was the same. So it came along the night of Yehuda, many years later, in, in, his, in the Tzlach, it's on Psachim, it's also on the side of the Shulchan Aruch in Hachshala. He says, when I, when I measured it myself, it came out that my measurement with my fingers were almost double the amount that I would measure the average egg. So how could you reconcile the fact? So he says, you know what? It must be Niskatnu Habeim. The eggs became smaller over time, and therefore we can no longer rely on eggs as our shear for Chala, for, chala, for Revias, for Kezayis. We have to go only with the finger the finger breath, which would be a much bigger shear of a kazayas or a vias. Let's say you have your larger shear of a vias that some people do when it comes when it comes to the dal kaisis, going with the tzlach, going with the night Yehuda. So that was his question, and it's a it's a it's an excellent question. How do we reconcile that the measurements don't add up? The truth is the Chuva Meahava, who was a colleague of the Naidi Behuda and a Talmud as well, he asked him, and this is printed, he said, you know the Naidi Behuda, you're very big, you're you're Adam Gadol, Gavarabba. So, maybe you have big fingers. So he says, another Behuda just smiled at him, but he did not change his opinion. So, on one hand, we came up with a very small shear, 10.8 cups, 11.88 cups of a volume of flour that would be chayv and chal. But now we have this entire new shear of the tzlach. So, so, so what do we do? Many poets can say, when it comes to when it comes to mitzvahs, for example, Kiddush Friday night, the person should should uh, try to be yitz of both shitas, tzlach and the standard shear. And therefore, many use you know, a five-ounce cup, a six-ounce cup. Rav Moshe Feinstein did his own math. In his own math, he said that a, a shear of a etzba is 2.3 centimeters. Without going through the entire mathematical formula, he figured that what ended up happening was the end of the... the the result is that you need 16 cups of flour to be chayev and challah according to the Naidi Behuda. Meaning, if we, we have two measurements. One measurement is the way the Gemara says measuring an egg. And that we said is either 10.8 cups, 11.8 cups, around 11 cups. And now we have another measurement. The other measurement is using finger, the, the finger uh, breath. And that gives us around 16 cups of flour. So the question is, how do we paskin? Do we go with the smaller shear? Do we go with the bigger shear? People even say greater shearum than 16 cups. And another question is, where does this five pounds come from? If we're measuring in volume, where does the measurement in weight come from? And I understand that that a chef, a baker, will measure in weight. But what does halacha have to say regarding measuring in weight? Samir Tashem, that will be the next year.